Welcome, my true crime roadies. I'm your host, Angela Baum, along with my husband, Larry, and this is Trucking True Crime Podcast, a true crime show where we focus on true crime stories that happen within the trucking industry. But don't worry, you don't need to know anything about the trucking industry to listen and enjoy the show. You just need to be a fan of true crime. And if that's you, then welcome inside. As a reminder, if you'd like to learn more about our life over the road as team truck drivers, you can listen to our other podcast, Married to the Road, where we share our lives over the road and stories along the way with our three furry dogs. As a reminder, our podcast discusses true crimes and murders. This is not a show for the faint of heart, and this is not intended for young audiences. Welcome back, my trucking true crime roadies. I'm here with you. My name is Angie, and I'm here with this strange man. What's your name? (laughs) Why is there a strange man in your bed? That's a good question. (laughs) And nobody's stranger than I am. (laughs) We're your host, Angie and Larry Baum. We are a married trucking couple, and we host this trucking true crime podcast. So how in the world did I get you involved in a trucking true crime podcast? You asked me to do it, so I did it. (laughs) Good answer. I tell you to do something and you do it. I do what I'm told. No, you like true crime podcasts. You've really got, and this one in particular, you're having a lot of fun with. I am. I, I like this one the most of all the things we do. Yeah. And if you guys are just joining us for the first time, um, the way we do our trekking true crime podcast is I do all the research, put all everything together, and then Larry has no idea what the podcast is going to be about until you guys know and then he kind of comments along with it so it makes it kind of fun because he has no idea what we're talking about nope i'm hearing it for the first time just like you guys absolutely and if you don't follow larry and i please be sure to follow our page it's married to the road the number two on facebook TikTok, and instagram we also have a radio show on wednesday nights on tncradio.live called Taillights with the bombs. That's right. Taillights with the bombs. Where every Wednesday night we will interview someone within the trekking community and get them to share stories from over the road or how they're involved in the trekking community. And it's always a lot of fun because it's always a new guest every week and it's always a surprise to our fans. They never know who we're going to be interviewing. Never know. It's a surprise every week. It's a surprise. We also have some more great news for you guys. We actually joined the Patreon family this week. So if you're looking to listen to our podcast ad-free, there's now three new options where you can listen to us through Patreon. The first one is just a dollar a month, which includes ad-free content every single month when you listen to our podcast. Our second tier is $5. This includes exclusive content only for our Trekking True Crime members, where you'll get a bonus episode every month that nobody else gets. You also get the ad-free content. You also get a 10% discount off of all of our merchandise, and you get invited to a live VIP event with Larry and I, where we host a live chat every month, where you can come in and talk to us and give us your ideas on upcoming stories we should do, or just ask us questions to get to know us. And then our last tier is $7 a month. This also includes ad-free content. It has a 20% discount on all of our merchandise. You also get the bonus episodes and also you get included in our live VIP chats every month. So please be sure to head over to our Patreon to check that out. You can find the link in the show notes and be sure to join up with our Patreon. I'm so excited about that. Me too. 
don't forget to like, follow, and share. Please. <laughs> That's like your favorite thing to say every time. I do. I like that. Like, <laughs> follow, and share. Okay. So our news story today, like I said, uh, we're going to be discussing is a rather new, recent news story that happened back in October of last year. So the trial on this podcast has not begun yet. But it was such a disturbing story that I wanted to share it with you. And and uh, my sources for this story were ABC News 30 in California, OutlookIndia.com, KTLA 5 in California, KCRA 3 in California, and FreightWaves.com, which you can find all the links in our show notes. You did a lot of research. In I did. And I also did want to mention that there is some surveillance footage and videos that is going to be on our trekking true crime podcast.com website so if you want to see the surveillance footage that i'll be speaking about in this video or the news press conferences or the photos of the family involved in this you can visit our website at trekking true crime podcast.com to see all that it is up for you this morning so you did a lot of research are we gonna be able to get all this in one podcast let's hope that would be nice <laughs> All you had to do is sleep this morning. I was up at, what, five working on this? <laughs> okay. So our story starts out on a Monday Wait, morning. got to do my line. Keep your eyes on the road and your ears on us. <laughs> okay. So our story starts on a Monday morning. Uh, Monday morning found, and I, I apologize right now because I may get these names incorrect. Um, so I apologize. But Monday morning found Jazdeep and his girlfriend, Jazlene, getting themselves ready to head into work, along with their adorable eight-month-old daughter, Aruhi. See, a week ago, they had expanded their business that they had owned along with their brother-in-law, Amdeep. This was a dream business that the three of them had, and they worked hard to create it, and was called Unison Trekking Company, located in Merced County, California. Do you know where that's at? I know Merced. He grew up in California, so I figured you might know where this story was at. They had just expanded to a bigger spot with more acreage for their trucks and also a new double-wide mobile home that had been converted into a really cute, adorable office space for them. It was just enough room for the three of them to see their dream finally become a reality. The families headed into work like any other Monday, ready to tackle the day's work. They both arrived at the office around 8.30 in the morning in separate cars. As they headed in the office, you could see from the surveillance tapes that it looked like it was going to be any other normal day until only a few minutes later. Around 9 a.m., you can see on the surveillance footage, Jazip going to the front door, opening it, and looking out a few times. And so he kept doing this a few times. He kept going out to the front door and kind of looking and then go back inside, go back out. And so... The police suspect that he probably had an app on his phone that was letting him know that, hey, there's somebody outside of your office. You, have you ever heard those surveillance footages where it sends like a little ping to your phone? And yeah, like, kind of like the ring. Exactly, kind of like the ring. So they think, according to the surveillance footage, that's kind of what the police are thinking, that he was probably getting a notification on his phone saying, hey, there's somebody outside of your office. And every time he went out there, he wasn't seeing anybody. And so he's like, what is going on? So in this Rand's footage, like I said, you could see him looking around, opening up the door, not seeing anything, but then heading back inside. Then a few minutes later, he comes back out again, looks around, goes back in. But the third time, you see a man carrying a white trash bag in his hand, 
approaching the front door. Right before he gets to the front door, you see him pull a handgun out of the trash bag and then he discards the trash bag on the front porch. It's at that moment that you see Jazz Deep open the door again, looking to see who might be outside, recognizing the man standing there and trying to shut the front door. But unfortunately, he was overpowered and the gentleman made it inside the office. Unfortunately, we do not know what happens inside this office as the property was only equipped with exterior cameras. Now, from what I found out in my research, um, some of the family members said that they had only gotten the outside cameras installed, but the very next day they were supposed to have the interior cameras installed in the office. I wonder if the, that guy knew it. I know. That's exactly what I thought. I'm like, that's just too coinkiting that he had this get, incident get happened. done whatever was going to get done, had to get done today. Absolutely. And there was no um, audio on these cameras either. It was just video. But I do have the surveillance footage up on our website, again, as I had mentioned, truckingtruecrimepodcast.com. Okay, so anyway, a few minutes later, you see the brothers, Amon Deep and Jaz Deep, coming outside with their hands zip-tied behind their backs as they're put into the back of Amon's Ram pickup truck. A few minutes later, they're seen on the surveillance video leaving the parking lot and running, driving away from the office. A few minutes later, I believe it was six minutes later, they see that same pickup truck returning back to the office where the gunman goes back inside the office and a few minutes later, you see walking behind him, Jasleen, as she cradles her beautiful baby daughter, eight-month-old Aruha. Jasleen looks absolutely petrified, as any mother would be, as she's seen cradling her daughter and getting into the pickup truck as well with the two other gentlemen. From that moment on, no one else really knows of the horrifying situation that's currently unfolding. So none of the family members know at this point what's going on, none of the employees know, and the police haven't even been notified at this point. So this all happens about 9.20 in the morning by the time they leave. So for hours, it seems that the authorities and the family members have no clue about the horrible crime that has just taken place. It was not until about a few hours later, about 11.30 in the morning, when Cal Fire were responding to a truck fire in an abandoned parking lot that the pieces of this puzzle started to come together. As Cal Fire gave the information to the police, they realized that the burned truck was registered to Amdeep. Police headed over to the address that was registered on Amdeep's vehicle registration to try and notify the family and to see if they knew why his truck was on fire in an abandoned parking lot. Sadly, though, when the police arrived, they did not find Amdi, but instead found his family members. I believe it was Amdi's wife from my research, but I can't be 100% sure. But it sounds like it was his wife and father-in-law that, that were at the house at the time the police got there. Anyway, the family members were totally confused on why the truck would have been on fire because the last they knew, Amdi had gotten into his truck and was heading into the office for a day of work just like anybody else. The family was desperately seeking answers, and so they tried to reach Amdi, his brother Jazdeep, and also Jazlene, knowing that they had all gone to work together that morning to the office. But none of the family members had any luck and they began sounding the alarms to the local Merced police. 
So for several hours, um, they called for almost two hours trying to call and get a hold of them, called their family and friends. Nobody had heard from the three of them. None of them were picking up the phone. So they wound up calling the Mercer Police Department and saying, listen, we can't get a hold of them. This is not right. Something's going on. So around 1.30 in the afternoon, the police finally arrived at the Unison Trucking Company only to find that the office was unlocked and unoccupied, which they knew was highly unusual. Before too long, police forensic officers also showed up and began to go over the surveillance videos that they found in the office, only to discover the horrifying truth of what truly had happened. Police saw the actual kidnapping unfolding before, they eyes, before their eyes, and they realized that they were four hours behind the eight ball. The alleged kidnapper had hours under his belt where the police did not even know that a crime had been committed. So four hours prior to that, he had kidnapped the family and now they've already lost four hours in time. Where do you go? Yeah, and they don't know which direction he went. Exactly. So desperate for answers and the public's help, the police reached out to people on Facebook. First, they posted pictures of the family and also um, letting them know that they did find the truck on fire and they were asking for the public's help. Later on in the afternoon, they wound up doing a press conference, which I do have listed on our website, truckingtruecrimepodcast.com, if you do want to see that press conference. So in the press conference, the police did release surveillance footage in full. So they didn't cut it like a lot of police departments do where they just show you little screenshots. They actually showed you the full footage so that they could get help in identifying who the subject was that kidnapped them. So in the press conference, as I said, they released this uh, surveillance footage and hoped that they would identify the subject in the video and hopefully get help from the public. In the audience at the press conference was the respective families of both Amon Deep, Jaws Deep, and Jazlene. They were in the audience, but the sheriff specifically asked the press not to bother them out of respect. And you can see in the background that there's like four or five family members from the respective families just in tears and shock, not knowing what the heck is going on. That would be a scary situation. I know. And especially the fact that there's an eight-month-old girl who's completely innocent involved in all of this. You know, it just makes your mind wander and just like, this is probably not going to end up well. Right. So according to ABC News 30 in California, the sheriff there in Merced County, his name is Sheriff Van Warnke. And again, I apologize if I'm mispronouncing these names, but he said the following. So far as I know, no contact has been made with any of the family. No ransom demands and nothing from the suspect in this. We need the public's help. We've got detectives out canvassing. We have aircraft out looking for the... Uh, looking for evidence and people are going to be working 24 hours on this until we get a break in this. So this was huge. I mean, they had everybody in the community out on four wheelers on horseback. I mean, they had so many volunteers combing the whole area and nobody was able to find out a lot of information until Tuesday. So pretty much Monday, all they found was the surveillance footage and the burned truck, but that's about all they found, even with everybody that was volunteering. So now we're 24 hours later. Yes. So in another press conference on Tuesday morning, the police said that the suspect had also used one of the family members' debit cards around noon at a local gas station, but the debit card was declined. The police were able to get 
surveillance footage from that gas station and they posted that information as well saying hey we really need to know who this guy is we know that he probably burned this car now we know that he's using a debit card of one of the family members unfortunately it was declined you know we need the public's help so from family members later on that day we heard about how the Singh brothers and Jasmine were a very very close-knit family who were extremely hardworking with ties to their family in India. They were also known within the community to do a lot of charity work, not only for those in need in California, but also those back home in their home country of India in an effort to give back to others. They were described as a very loving, close-knit family who were so excited to grow their new trekking business in Mercer, California. So from everything I'd heard talking to the different family members and friends, they would have weekly family dinners with their family. They were just extremely close. And not only were they close with their family who immigrated here to California from India, but they were also very close with their family members in India and tried to do a lot of charity work because they felt that they were so blessed with starting this trekking company. So they seemed like amazing people. So Tuesday morning, family members of a man named Jesus Manuel Silgado began to contact the police department. They told the police that Jesus had just confessed to them that he was somehow involved in the kidnappings. Now at this point, the family was extremely worried about Jesus's state of mind. They were not sure what had happened to the family, only that Jesus said that he was sorry and that he was somehow involved. The family was very worried about his state of mind. So as police began to investigate just exactly who this Jesus gentleman was, they quickly found out that he was a former employee of the Hunison Trucking Company. Turns out a year prior, Jesus had been a company driver for the family. He was actually a day cabber, as Larry and I like to call him, but he was a truck driver who would work during the daytime and then go home at night. So he usually worked Monday through Friday. And at that point, he had been with the trucking company for about two years. So he had been with them for quite a while. But it turns out, um, sadly, that Jazeep suspected that Jesus was stealing from the business. So they had kind of, from what I'd done for my research, they had kind of been watching Jesus and his transactions over about a two-month period, and they suspected that he was stealing from the company. So over the last year, after Jesus had been fired, he had been relentlessly harassing this family. He would send emails and threatening text messages and voicemails over money that he felt that the trucking company still owed him from his employment. The family chose to ignore his threats in an effort that maybe his threats would stop. But sadly, the harassment continued until the ultimate kidnapping on the Monday of October the 3rd. So disgruntled employee. Yes. Sorry, I had to get a drink. <laughs> On Wednesday afternoon, police received a call from the local hospital stating that Jesus had been admitted to them for trying to commit suicide. In my research, I could not find any further information as far as the manner or how he tried to commit suicide, just that he was unsuccessful. And I do know that he was released later on that afternoon, so I don't think it was anything too serious. It might have been more of a publicity stunt to try to seek out sympathy. But police immediately went to the hospital to try and speak with Jesus to see what the heck was going on. And once he was cleared from the hospital, he was taken directly into police custody and brought down to the police department. Around that same time, about 5.30 in the afternoon, 
the police department received a very disturbing phone call from a rural farmer in California. He had found four bodies in an almond orchard on his property, who he had assumed were dead. While no further information has been released as to the manner of death, it sounds like from all of my research that Jazdeep, Jasleen, and a man, the family members, were shot and left in this almond field. The police have been pretty quiet on the manner of death as this is still an ongoing investigation and eventually going to be leading to the trial. So unfortunately, they did find all the family members. What I did- Even the baby. Even the baby. That one killed me the most. The farmer did say that they were all laying right next to each other, like, like somebody had placed them there. But they were all laying right next to each other in his almond orchard. He was too scared to actually go up to them to see if they were alive or dead. But from what he could see, they were dead. And he just, he said it was petrified. Which I can imagine. Can you imagine going out there to do your farming and finding four dead people? I mean, it's yeah, just, that would and a be baby. traumatic. Especially the baby. I know. And she's so cute. Oh, my God. You guys have got to see the pictures of this baby. So at a press conference on Wednesday night, and again, I do have this press conference up on our website. It's truckingtruecrimepodcast.com. Um, but according to KCRA Channel 3, Sheriff Warnick said, There are no words right now to describe the anger that I feel and the senselessness of this incident. And the sheriff went on to say, I said earlier that there is a special place in hell for this guy, and I truly mean it. The suspect, Jesus, who is now in custody, was refusing to give any further information about what happened to the family or why he had done what he had done. On Thursday, Saldego was charged with four counts of murder and four counts of kidnapping over these brutal scenes. Now, while doing my research for this podcast episode, I found out that this is not the first time that Jesus has kidnapped an employer. So back in 2006, again, after being fired from another trekking company, this one was called Central Valley, Central Valley California Trekking Company, he decided to seek revenge on the owner. So in December of 2005, Jesus, wearing all dark clothing and a dark ski mask, decided that he was going to scare his former employer. Again, he thought that his former employer owed him money, and so he was going to get it one way or another. So Jesus went to the man's front door, and when his former employee realized he was at the door, again, he tried to slam it in his face, only to be overpowered by Jesus, who forced himself inside the house. Before long, Jesus had duct taped the hands of his former employee behind his back, along with his wife, their 16-year-old daughter, and their 16-year-old daughter's friend who was over visiting. My first thought was, poor girl. <laughs> I mean, yes. she's over there visiting her family, and now she gets involved in this. And so as the family sat duct taped in the living room, Jesus went through the house, stealing everything from cash to jewelry throughout the house. Jesus even went to the man's wife and removed her wedding rings directly from her fingers. Then he forced the family to the backyard where he made them all jump into their own pool. Now imagine this. He made them jump into the pool with their hands still duct taped. So they're going to have a heck of a time getting out of that pool. If not drowning. Exactly. I mean, I, they didn't say how deep the water was, but I'm just like, that's... You know, I don't know. At least it didn't kill them like he did this other family. But lastly, he pointed the gun at the family members and told them that if they decided to call the police, that he would come back and kill them. The homeowner, however, did call authorities and Saldago was arrested the very next day. 
Now, according to KTLA, and they never released the homeowner's name. It was kept very hush-hush. I think it's because he's still very scared of Saldago. <clears throat> I would be, too. Yes. So, the homeowner said that Saldago duct-taped his hands and those of his wife, his 16-year-old daughter, and his daughter's friend before he stole all the money we had, rings, and all that stuff. The man also said that Saldago even had the nerve to take the ring off his own wife's finger before he made us and our girls jump into the pool. Once in the pool, the man said that Saldago told him, if you call the police, I will kill you before he walked out the front door. So in 2007, Saldago was convicted of first degree robbery with a firearm, attempted false imprisonment, and dissuading a witness over the incident. Now, Saldago was no stranger to using violence to get what he wanted, especially if he felt that he had been done wrong by former employees. So Jesus was a man that felt that if he was wrong, he would take matters into his own hands. According to an article in FreightWaves.com, Merced County District Attorney Kimberly Lewis said that Saldago is going to be facing life in prison without the possibility of parole if convicted. In a statement on that Monday, Lewis also said that her office will not be making a decision regarding the death penalty this year. So that was in 2022, so I'm hoping that they're going to make a decision in 2023 and set a trial date for this. Uh, she goes on to say, the people are preserving their right to pursue the death penalty in the future, Lewis added. We will definitely be adding a second part to this podcast once this goes to trial and we know what the outcome will be. But for now, you can visit our website at Trekking True Crime Podcast to see all the surveillance videos and photos pertaining to this horrific story. What a bad, bad man. I know. It's so sad. And they were all so young. All of them involved. And Jasmine and Jazdeep were even going to be getting married so they could actually become a full family with their daughter, Aruhu. And the fact that they were all killed at such young ages, right at the beginning of building this trucking empire that they'd always dreamed of it was just truly sad very sad story at least they caught him exactly so once we get an update which i don't expect for another year or two we'll definitely do a different podcast and we'll kind of revisit this one and then we'll tell what the ending was and what he actually is going to be charged with hopefully he's going to be found guilty so we're all going to have to stay tuned yes stay tuned and don't forget to join us back here next Saturday where we've got another great podcast that I'm already working on, on Trekking True Crime Podcast. And if you can't seem to get enough of Larry and I, you can also listen to our Married to the Road podcast where Larry and I talk about our lives over the road and share cool trekking tales and stories and trekking news. And don't forget to listen to our live radio show every Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Central on TNCRadio.live called Tail lights with the bomb. I caught you on that you one. <laughs> Want to make sure you're paying attention. Yeah. Uh, anyway. I was thinking of our other podcast how, where we interviewed drivers too. Yeah, that's married to the road. I know. Yeah. We probably should figure out an interview for this week because we haven't done that yet. <laughs> we'll be working on that podcast next. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much. Please be sure, as Larry would say, Thank you for everybody, and don't forget to like, follow, and share. Thanks, everybody. Stay safe. We'll see you next Saturday on Trucking True Crime Podcast.
If you're enjoying our podcast and you need just a little bit more Angie and Larry time, then we encourage you to listen to our weekly radio show. That's right. We have a weekly radio show. Every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Central, 8 Eastern, you can listen to our radio show, Taillights with the Bombs. It's on TNCradio.live. You can listen to us live every week on your phone or your computer by going to TNCradio.live or downloading the TNC Radio app. Every week, Larry and I sit down and we interview truckers and people in the trucking industry who share their stories from over the road. So be sure to join us this Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Central at TNCradio.live for Taillights with the Bombs. Have you ever been interested about what all it takes to be a truck driver out here, delivering the goods all across America? Or more importantly, what is it like being a team trucker out here with your significant other 24 hours a day in a small confined space, working together, eating together, sleeping together, you name it. If you've ever been curious about the trucking industry, please listen to Larry and I's other podcast, Married to the Road. Again, that's married, the number two, the road. Please be sure to give it a listen today and don't forget to hit that follow button. Thank you so much, my true crime roadies, for giving our podcast a listen. We really appreciate you listening to our Trucking True Crime podcast. If you enjoyed our podcast, please be sure to visit our Instagram page or our TikTok page, also Trekking True Crime Podcast. And don't forget that you can visit our Facebook page as well. Again, Trekking True Crime Podcast. Be sure to like, share, and follow, and be sure to share out our podcast to all your friends. We'll be back here next week with another great episode. Thank you so much, my true crime roadies. Be safe out there. Thank you.